Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, I'm excited to introduce you to a scientifically verified evidential medium that has been called the angel medium and spiritual mail carrier. Her name is Nancy Marlowe. Nancy is the author of the book, Let Your Soul Shine, and uses remote viewing, mental telepathy, and clairvoyance to locate everything from missing people to hidden treasure, as well as using her talents for psychological profiling, solving unexplained deaths, being a medical intuitive, and seeing through the eyes of the dead. I've spent much time on her website earlier today, and there's some incredible stories she has, but I'm going to let her explain them in her own words. So, Nancy Marlowe, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're a beautiful woman and thrilled, really thrilled to have you. And for our listener also, um, if you go to We Don't Die Radio and you click on episode 105, you can see the beautiful Nancy Marlowe that we are talking to today. And uh, and I have links to her website as well and things about her. So Nancy, if you don't mind, just I read some of these things on your website and also saw some interviews you have on um, on YouTube and things. But how did this all begin? Did you start off as a young person being interested in th- this world of the hereafter? Or h- how did your journey begin? Well, when I was young, I knew things that other people didn't seem to know. And I could see things. And um, I-, I thought everybody else around me was seeing and hearing and experiencing what I was experiencing, and, and it took me a long time to, well, till I was about eight or nine years old, uh, I had an experience where I knew that something was going to happen, and when I told a crowd of people, they went, oh, no, that couldn't happen, and besides, how could you know about something like that? You're just a kid, and, and uh, so, lo and behold, it happened, and uh, that's when I realized that, oh, my gosh, um I'm picking up things that other people don't know, so I'm going to be quiet about it. So I shut up about it until I got grown, and um, and uh, I mean, good and grown, and I was, uh, you know, um, uh, I had an accident, um, and I was, uh, my children were teenagers, um, I was um, going somewhere in my car, to help a friend, I stopped at a stop sign, and a Brinks armored truck came from behind and um, um, hit me wow. <laughs> from behind. And um, the impact of it was so great, I blanked out. And I'm, I'm not sure if I had a near-death experience or what, but I just blanked out. And um, as it turned out, I ended up with a severe injury, um, and I had to have surgery on my neck. And when I went to the um, surgeon, uh, he told me we were sitting there in his office, and it was really like one of those moments you see on television that you don't you don't want to identify with. Mm-hmm. I was sitting across from him, and he said, Nancy, 
he said, this is really serious. And he said, you need to call in your family. And I said, well, I don't really have a family except for my children. I'm a divorced woman, and I live alone, and none of my family lives close to me, and we better just go with this. And he said, well, here's what you're up against. He put a uh, photograph or a x-ray from an MRI up on, you know, the, the sliding backboard, mm-hmm. And I could see something dark, Sandra, pressing up against my spinal cord. And he said, when he saw me looking at it, he said, this is you, this is your spinal cord, and this is your disc. And we've got to remove that disc, you know, uh, and that's the surgery, and it's very delicate. And I so he signed me up immediately for the surgery, and... Uh, it was just a sinking feeling. I mean, I was I was thinking, this looks like something in an anatomy book, but this is me. And it was really frightening. Sure. And then I, I sensed um, someone next to me, and it was it was a big male uh, being that you couldn't see, but you could sense. And I heard, don't worry about it, you're going to be okay. Hmm. Well, I went into the hospital and had the surgery. And when I woke up the next morning, or the next, well, it will seem like the next morning, when I woke up right after the surgery, the doctor was standing over me and he said, Nancy, we don't even know why you're alive. Or you should be a quadriplegic. We don't get it. Wow. Because it was a whole lot worse than we thought it was. So, you know what? It was, I lay there and I looked at him and I thought to myself, you know, you're so kind and you're so educated and you're so wonderful and you just did a surgery on me that's very complicated, microscopic surgery. You're very learned, but you don't understand. I know why I didn't die. I know because someone told me so. Hmm. And so that being that told me that stayed in my hospital room and stayed with me for two years. And that's how long it took me to recover. Wow. Two years. And there were times when I was afraid. There were times when I hurt so bad I didn't know what to do. I was totally alone, really, except for my children, and they were teenagers going to school. So I went through that alone, except for this angel. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. It was a being that was quite large. It was he was was a male, and. it was very comforting, and he became my friend. He became my assurance. And when I would get depressed or let down or whatever, he was there with me. And it was always the same thing. You're going to be all right. Focus on the future. And think about now. You see yourself whole and healed. And I did. And I tell you what, Sandra, that was my friend for two years. Could you see him or did you just feel his presence? I mean, what was the experience? Like I could, yes, I could see his outline, but I couldn't see anything else. And his 
voice was commanding. It was almost like divine. It was very comforting. And it, it, all I had to do was even just sense him in the room, and I knew I was, he was with me, and I was fine. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he stayed all that time, and then one day I, was, I realized I couldn't sense him in the room. It was, and the way you sense him, it's like, have you ever just kind of closed your eyes and you know somebody's in that room with you? Yes. Okay. It was like that. But I started trying to see if I could feel his energy in the room, and I couldn't find him. And I thought, he's gone. He's gone. My friend's gone. And I realized I'm healed. Ah. And he stayed with me by my side until I was healed. And then he left. So that happened. There were lots of things that happened. Uh, that made me believe in the other side, that we have help, that we're not alone, that we don't die, that our consciousness lives on. Um, I don't know where to start now. What uh, what else would you like to talk about? I don't know where to start either. Uh, so what <laughs> happened at maybe after that that led you to somebody? I mean, because everything I read about you in Ooh. the beginning, you've done a lot. You've helped a lot of people. But at some point, um, you know, the little girl well, inside of you who shut up all, about all this stuff started talking. And what was that well, like, that transition? Okay. Um, well, after that happened, and, and the doctors, you know, I'd go back in in, in the office to check, you know, for my checkups, and they'd say, are you sure you're okay? Or are you sure you don't hurt? Or are you sure you're... And I'd say, yeah, I'm fine. But I tell you, when you can hear somebody like that talk to you, and I can hear him as clear as I hear you talking. When you can hear him and sense him, and you believe him, I mean, and I did believe him, it's like I was talking to the voice of God, and it wasn't God, I know it wasn't God. So the only name I can give it, the man, is an angel. And he was larger than your average man. Mm-hmm. So... um after that, I started thinking, well, why, why am I here? Why didn't I die? I mean, what makes me so special? I'm just an ordinary lady that teaches school, and I, I live in a great big old city with six million people. Why didn't I die? I don't get it. And why can I hear this? Why can I hear this man so clearly? And who is this man? And I started, during my recovery, I started reading everything I could get my hands on about the afterlife, about death, about uh, anything spiritual. Mm -hmm. I read for two years, and the impact of that collision, you know, there's been study done, and there's quite a few mediums whose um, um, gift or abilities uh, were enhanced after some kind of impact. Mm -hmm. And so uh, mine that I had as a little girl and I had ignored all this time, became greatly enhanced. And um, so about that time I healed, uh, I met and married, and the man that I married was uh, related to the astronaut who was the commander of the, the shuttle, the space shuttle, Columbia. 
Um, and uh, his name was Rick Crispin. Mm-hmm. Well, we were invited to go to the launch um, uh, in Florida, right. and um, so um, I didn't go. I, I, I couldn't go. I didn't go at the time, and I don't remember why, but I said, I can't go. Why don't you invite your mother? So my husband and uh, my mother-in-law went to the launch, and um, so that when it started coming back to Earth, I was watching it on TV. And just like a lot of, lot of other Americans, I saw the shuttle when it, you know, came in for re-entry and it exploded. Mm-hmm. I remember okay. that clearly, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, right after that, um, I started having this feeling that I needed to uh, contact or I needed to be around John Edwards. Okay, I don't know. And one of my friends came over and I said, you know what, I I don't know why, but I'm having this feeling that I need to be, I need to see John Edwards, I need to be around John Edwards. And she said, well, he's coming to town. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, he's coming to town. And and I said, well, I've got to go see him. She said, oh, you're not going to get in there. You know, it's hard to get tickets to John Edwards. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They sold out. Well, um, you know what? I started calling around and calling ticket brokers, and I called one, and I just said, um, I, I want tickets to, to see the show. And she said, oh, honey, we've been sold out. You're not going to get in there. And um, so I said, well, you know what? I was tired. I'd been calling a while. And I just said, you know what? You don't understand. I've got to get in. I'm supposed to be there. And the lady got quiet, and she said, well, okay, let me see what I can do about it. Wow, that's powerful. She got me two tickets and had them sent to my house. Wow. And I went to a show, and I thought, I wonder why I got these tickets. I wonder if I'm going to hear from my mother and dad who passed. Mm -hmm. Well, that morning, I was pulling my hair and putting on my makeup, and um, a voice. I mean, it was very authoritative and very deep. And it was just right in my right ear. And it said, Nancy, this is Rick Husband. He said, your mother and dad are not going to be there, but I am. And I want you to tell everybody that we are very grateful for having been given um, this experience and we wouldn't trade it for the world. I want you to please tell everybody that we have seen them honor us at the funerals all over the nation. You know, the funerals, um, the memorials. Um, he was there when the president spoke. Um, he was there when they sang, um, and they were there. He said, I want you to tell them we saw all the honor that was given to us and how grateful we are. We also want you to say that we did not suffer. He mm-hmm. said, please say that. It's important for our families to know. We did not suffer, and we would do this again if we had the chance. We're not sorry we did this. So I went to the uh, show. I was startled because it was so, 
even after having the angel experience, his voice was louder than the angel's. Wow. And um, there was no doubt I was talking to a commander or something. Yeah. And when I got to the show, um, John Edwards brought up the incident because it had just occurred about three weeks before. And he said, does anybody in here uh, have anything to do with this or know the people? And lots of people raised their hands. And he turned around and he said, no, is there anybody in here related to him? And I was the only one holding up my hand. And I said, well, I'm married to someone. He said, marriage counts. So anyway, um, I stood up and I told him what he said. He said, you knew you were going to be called on before you came to the show, didn't you? And I said, yeah. Wow. And he said, I said, yeah, I know. And he said, well, how do you know? How do you know I was going to call on you? I said, because my husband told me you were. That's incredible, so, Nancy. You give me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is someone who supposedly died three weeks before, and he's brought this message through to me, and it's delivered before this audience of 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. John Edwards was impressed with the story so much. He wrote a book and got stories uh, in that book. So, and it continues to be sold around the world. Don't give up on the space program. We love this. We are happy to have done what we did. We uh, wouldn't trade it, you know, for the world. We would do it again, and we didn't suffer. Mm. And so. A couple of years later, it came out in the Houston Chronicle that it, they had proven, uh, without a doubt, uh, they had found some evidence. People were bringing, you know, things they would find that would, had been scattered all over Texas, had been coming in, and they'd been running tests to see what could have possibly happened. But they found evidence that they could not have possibly suffered. Which is great. So, yeah. So, when that happened, after hearing both those voices, I thought, you know, I I feel compelled to let other people uh, know that there is life after death and that we're not alone because I've had these two remarkable things happen to me that, shoot, I, I don't know if, I, if I, they wouldn't happen to me. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to believe, but I heard it. I heard it both. So, uh, so I started doing this. I started, I just, um, oh, after that, I was so still wanting to know more, and I went to a seminar with a medium, uh, Suzanne Northrup. Yes. And while I was learning from her in the seminar, uh, it was like a three-day seminar in Austin, Texas, and um, the next morning, I got up, and I was walking to go to the class, and she came out of her little bungalow, and we kind of met on the sidewalk to walk through the class together. And she said, Nancy, you're really good at this. You should go get some cards printed. You should get what? Do out there. what get cards printed. Oh, like business cards. Get business yeah, cards yeah, printed. Yeah. Just pass them out. And that's what it did. To be a medium. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So that's how I came from that little girl that hit it to a woman that ignored it to a woman that just like, my gosh, this is real. 
Hmm. And when you started doing the medium readings, Nancy, did you find the same thing happened? People were speaking into your ear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they still do it to this day. <laughs> I found out I'm clairaudient as well as being clairvoyant. I see visions and pictures, and I see the dead people, and uh, I hear them, and uh, they do all sorts of stuff to me. <laughs> But obviously not too bad because you're laughing about it. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it's um, yeah, they're around. I have I have two families and two groups of people I deal with: the people here on this plane and the people on the other plane, heaven or the other side or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what came next? Was it writing your book or was it because you've you've done a lot of things. You've done remote viewing. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what the psychological profiling is, solving unexplained deaths, being a oh. medical intuitive. I mean, there's a lot that you've done. Uh, what point did your well, book come into this? My book is a kind of a collection of stories and poems that I wrote over a 10 year period. And there's stories more about, in doing readings, I find that so many people um, will call, they call a psychic or a medium when they feel alone or they're depressed or they don't know which way to turn or they're lost uh, and they need guidance or maybe they just don't feel worthy. I found so many people that didn't, feel worthy of so much and didn't feel like they deserved, you know, and I found so many people that didn't know how to find peace within themselves and to connect with the other side. And so I started writing poems and stories about that. And so that's what the book is about, to let people know that they matter that they're very important, that their life is very, very important, that they can make a difference in the world. You know, just by being alive, just by being alive and being connected and being the soul that they are. Yeah, you know, I, I, I heard you say that on a video that's on your website. You are loved, you matter, and you make a difference in this world. And it yes. it just really struck me because it's it's easy for any of us to feel like we don't matter, we're not worthy, or all of that. But to for every one of us, including you, me, and you who's listening right now, you are deeply loved. You matter big time, and you do make a difference in the world. And you may not see it as you're just sitting on your couch right now, but to those people that are in your life, I mean, you are a big deal, and you're very important. You know, it's not only the people in our life, it's the people we don't even know. It might be somebody you bumped into the grocery store this morning, or they bumped into you with their cart, and instead of you turning around and saying, hey, man, don't run into me like that. What's the matter with you? (laughs) You know, you turn around and you just smile. Yes. Okay. That has a ripple effect on it. Your kindness toward another person has a ripple effect because they'll turn around and perhaps be kind to another person that needs it. Perhaps smile at another person that's having a really rotten day. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, everybody matters. Everybody matters. 
You made yeah. me you made me think of a something I told someone a couple days ago. We were talking about when people are in a bad mood, how to put them in a good mood. And if you can get into a conversation and ask, oh, maybe how many kids you have. Do you remember when your first child was born? Or have the person talk about where they like to go on vacation or bring up some kind of a memory that's happy. And you watch that person transform from a bad mood to a good mood. It's just mm-hmm. I just thought of that. Because even something as simple as making someone feel good, they'll go in that's turn right. and they might ask the same questions or similar or make someone else feel good and that ripple effect is huge it's huge yes and like I said it, you don't have to to be a a person out in the deepest darkest forest to I mean you don't have to do something just mind blowing right uh, to, to make a difference in the world so many people want to know what their purpose is. Their purpose is to live life as the soul that they are. Can you say more okay. about that? Oh, live yeah. Live life as uh, the where, soul as you that you are. Yeah, live life because we uh, who we really are is in this body, and, and uh, this body is, is you know is a a case or a box that holds the real us, which is our soul, mm-hmm. okay? And our soul is our energy, our higher consciousness, who we really are. Our soul leaves the body when it dies. And that's why when you see a dead body, it looks lifeless yes. because the soul is the life force for right. the body. So when the soul leaves, and the soul goes to the other side, or heaven, it's just the consciousness leaving, the connected, the, the connectedness, um, the connection to the other side. Your, your soul is the connection to the other side and to that which is greater than you are. And you can call it God, you can call it the Creator, you can call it whatever you want to, mm-hmm. but it's the other side and heaven and, I'll, I'll just say God. Yeah. So, God the Creator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the soul is what's inside of you, okay? And so if you live life as a soul would live it instead of as a human with all of our baggage. Um, <laughs> yeah, and our fears. Fears and, our, and frustrations <laughs> and worries and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and just find the kindness in your heart and you're you're being connected to other people. Um, that's what, that's what your purpose is. And and you can go off and save the world by going to the deepest, darkest forest if you want to. But if you just remember your soul and this body and you're connected to the creator and, and, you know, so anyway, that's what I think. And that's a good thing to think. And when I think of a Mm -hmm. letting your soul shine, which is the name of your book, I think of things like a soul feels gratitude, a soul helps other people, mm-hmm. a soul mm-hmm. forgives, a soul mm-hmm. likes love. to play and loves to learn and loves to love. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. kind of things that a soul is living mm-hmm. like a soul, right? Letting your soul mm-hmm. shine. Wow, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask mm-hmm. you about this um 
being able to locate everything from missing people to hidden treasure. Would you mind giving us a, a story no. about what you're talking about there? Well, um, for, uh, for a while, I was volunteering uh, time to uh, locate missing people. And uh, it's when I first got started as medium. And so I would receive the person's name and a photograph. Okay. And I could look at the photograph. And uh, when I went, looked at the photograph, I could um, usually get a hit right off the bat if they were still alive or not. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I found that, and I didn't even have to have a photograph. I could just have a name, just a target, okay? Um, just like, I could, they didn't even have to give me a name. They could just say, XYZ is missing. Do you know where they are? And so I found that I could uh, tune in to XYZ target and start describing where they were, Okay. Uh, I, I would start seeing, using my clairvoyance, where they were, okay? If I was given a name of a missing person, uh, I could actually go into their head, and they could be actually living or dead, and I could see through their eyes. Wow. And I could see where they were or what happened to them, Okay. And if I'm locating, so I did that to help find missing people, okay? Um, and so as far as finding uh, treasure, that sort of thing, um, I can also use that ability to, some of people will say, well, what do you see on my, under the earth, on my land? Well, I've seen uh, everything. I find cemeteries, lost cemeteries, and I have found... Um, I have found platinum, uh, silver, oil, gas, and water. Really? Yeah. And that's using remote viewing and targeting. Okay? Yeah. Did you take a course (laughs) to learn remote viewing? No. You just... I didn't. I didn't even know what you called it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought... Again, this is assuming I thought other mediums were doing the same thing, and they weren't. It no. was something that I just started doing, and um, now there are some that do it, okay? Yes. Uh, but I think it's just, an, with me, I won't speak for other people, but with me, it's just something that was a natural ability, and years later, probably 15 years, I've been doing this 15 years, and I started thinking, I don't understand how I can do this. And so I got some books on remote viewing and took some of their tests in there, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I, I can do that. <laughs> so, That's pretty yeah. awesome. So, and now, yeah. what do you mean by psychological profiling? You have that well, as well. It, that goes along with the remote viewing in that I can get in someone's head and almost, and many times I'll be doing a reading and it would be maybe a psychic reading about somebody's personal life and they want to know about somebody in their life. For some reason, and again, it goes back to this remote viewing, I just have to have a target and I can get into their it's like my soul crawls in there with their soul, okay? Mm, yeah. And I can see through their 
through their eyes. I can hear what they're thinking, feel what they're thinking, um, you know, see what they're doing. Do, are you able to turn this off and on? I mean, are you, you know, in the quiet of your own house and you never feel alone because you have all these voices with you and people? I mean, is this something that you can put your intention out to do or is it always on? Yes, I can I can shut it off for the most part. Which, yes. Yeah, because um, you might end up going crazy, I think, if you're 24-7 yeah. talking to people that aren't there. Or they're there, but we just can't see them. <laughs> when they know you can hear and see it, they just they just flock around you, and um, uh, they, they they just are desperate to get a message across to someone. Of course, and yeah. So uh, yeah, I can turn it off or shut it down. Sometimes I'm at a restaurant, and the waiter will come up and. I'll just know the most intimate things about his life, which I didn't know. Mm. And I'll think, okay, shut it off. You know, I'll have to mentally, it's when I'm relaxed. You know, I might be sitting there relaxed, not expecting it, and somebody will come up and I'll be hit with their energy, or I'll see their dead grandmother behind or something like that. And then I have to go, I have to shut it, shut it off. I have to try to block it out. I literally have to tell Dead people, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that right now. Shop's closed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't get any rest. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. You know, I think of, I've watched the TV show Long Island Medium sometimes, and I see her, and she's in a restaurant, and lo and behold, there's the waiter or somebody sitting at the next table, and she'll move right in and um, give them some yeah. messages, and I... Uh, you know, I, they just show the ones on television that the people have certainly approved that they can show. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure if you don't see that coming, it, you know, it's it's hard. Even um, I did my first live event that I was speaking about my book, and I had a medium speaking as well, doing medium readings. And I had some folks close to me that didn't want to go because they said, I've never been. And, oh, my gosh, what if in a crowd of people um, – this person will come up to me and I, I don't know if I can handle that. And it's, it's a delicate thing. It really is. But I think from the, mm-hmm. from the eyes of the deceased person, I like, they just really want to get a message forth and, Oh my gosh, you show up at that restaurant. I'm going to start working on you. You tell my grandson that, you know, I'm here <laughs> or whatever that is. Oh. Yeah. They, they go, Oh, she can hear me. Oh, Oh, <laughs> Hey lady. Hey, tell him this, you know. So, oh, um, that's great. That's really great. Yeah. There's something I wanted to ask you. Let's see, what did, where did I write this? Oh, it's because I'm single. I see that you've worked as a psychic matchmaker. I want to know what you mean by that. Well, uh, that means uh, I do I do psychic as well as reading, re- medium readings. And right. People come to me. I get this a lot. Uh, people come uh, and they want to know. Um, um, they want to know if the person they're dating is the right person for them. Mm. How okay, do you deal with that? Get, how do I deal with it? Yeah. Him? Do you say no? He's not I, good for you. Yeah. That's what uh, I see. I don't say that. No. I let them make yeah. up their mind. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty uh, direct and forthright, mm-hmm. but I, I I just say, I see this, this, and this. You do what you want to do because it's your choice, not mine. Right. Yeah. So, and I've had, I've had um, 
I've had lots of relationships because of this, too, because I've had people come up and I'll say I'm dating, um, I'm dating Michael and I'm dating uh, David. And um, I don't know which one I like the best. And so I can tell her all about both of them. And um, but I had a woman come one time, and uh, she said, well, I'm dating this guy, and I just don't know if I like him or not, and and uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was, I'm just tuned into him, and, and I said, well, if you don't want him, I know lots of women that do. And she said, well, why? And so we could picked up on the profiling, and by the psychological profiling, it's like, what kind of person are they? Are they honest? Um, can you trust, you know, can you trust them? Uh, what are their values? Uh, what are their hobbies? I start picking up on them. And um, so that's that's what that is. I And I also do that when I work on criminal cases and murder cases. What's their profile like? What do they... And I also have a lot of people that say, can you tell me about my child um, or can you tell me about so-and-so? And you can pick up and you can, you can almost spot, and I'm not a psychologist, but you can spot people who think outside the norm. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds unusual, but you can. So you might pick up as someone, uh, and I'm, again, not a doctor or a psychologist, but you can pick up someone who that, uh could possibly benefit from meditation or they could possibly um, uh, be depressed. I, I pick up on depressed people all the time and their family won't even know they're depressed because they haven't spoken about it. So it's that kind of profiling. It's not only psychological, but it's a, a personality profiling. Right. You know, what kind of personality do they have? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about... Um the psychic world because I know doing a psychic reading is you know on human beings in the here and now whereas medium readings are someone that is deceased or crossed over however you want to say it but in the world of the psychic stuff I've done some remote viewing and um, some psychic training and things myself but there's something I can't really get my head around is being able to tap into the past present and future when say the future hasn't happened yet and they say we have free will, do you have any thoughts about um, as a psychic, if you pick up on future type things, is it already written in stone? Is there destiny or do we have free will to change it? Does that make sense, that question? Uh, yes, we do have free will and and it's that's part of the reason that I don't, make people's choices or say you should do this because that's part of our the reason we're alive on earth is to make our own choices. Okay? okay good, good. So we do have free will. And yes, I can tell you this is another example of free will. I can tell you that it might be um and about people crossing over. Sometimes I have I have a lot of people come and they'll say, you know, my uh my parent has been suffering so long and they're in hospice and they're so tired. Do, do, do you see when they might possibly pass? Well, I can see that person that's dying mm-hmm. up against the veil, up against, it's, not, it's almost like there literally is a veil or a wall that you cannot see. 
Uh, but I can see them right up against it, their soul, ready to just slide right on over to this thing, other side of heaven. I can see them right up against it. And I'll think, gosh, it feels like they're going to die tonight or tomorrow or in the next day. I mean, they just can go any time. Well, I've seen people like that hang on, and they'll hang on and hang on. And it's like they're not ready. And I think at that time, God gives them free will um, to stay a little longer. People people will decide, I want to stay a little longer to, to see my children raised, or yes. I want to stay a little longer to sit, tell this person I'm sorry, or I want to just stay a little longer, and God grants them the right to do that and lets them do that. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have free will to, to exercise it sometimes in when we die, okay, but not all the time. Sometimes when I see them not up against the veil, it's time for them to go, okay, and yes. that's their destiny, okay, and that's just what's going to happen, and they, uh, they, they die at that time. And it's not only when you get ready to die, but certain things that happen in your life are your destiny, and they're going to happen, okay? Mm -hmm. They're just going to happen, okay? But we do have choices in life using the psychic psychic ability. Uh, You do have choices. We have many opportunities at any given time, different paths we can go down. For instance, uh, you might be saying, Gosh, I want to move. Well, uh, let's see. Should I move to California or should I move to New York? Hmm, which path should I take? Mm-hmm. So you, you get to choose in that way, and you can use psychic ability to get a sense of what will happen uh, to that person if they go down this path or that path or, you know, whatever, or where their energy feels good. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm getting all these questions in my mind now. Um, <laughs> uh, where do they come from? I think I know. Some people are frustrated when they uh, talk to a medium that a certain loved one hasn't come through. Is there any um, reason why some people come through and some people don't? Well, yeah, there's, there's lots of reasons, actually. Uh, sometimes they're not ready to come through, okay? They they are just not. They need time over there. It depends, especially uh, in times where it's been a sudden, tra- tragic, sudden death, mm-hmm. like maybe they were shot, maybe they were killed instantly, somehow or another. Uh, it, it, they're just, like, stunned, you know, uh, maybe they have uh, committed suicide, okay? And they go over there and, and they're still, once a person commits suicide and they go on the other side, um, they're met by guides, teachers, angels, people who can say, my goodness, oh, you were so distraught that, that this happened to you. Let's talk, okay? And, and let's see why maybe this, wasn't such a good idea, okay? Uh, or, you know, let's just talk. So they, they're met and they're kind of going through a decompression or they, 
So um, it depends on a, a lot of things, how they, they, they died, their personality. Many people go over there, and there's so much to see and do that's so wonderful. And um, I, there's just, there's a, um, um, I don't follow uh, organized religion that much, mm-hmm. but I do know there's some kind of quote in the Bible about, in your father's house you will find many mansions. Yes. Well, literally, what I see is I see people in different places on the other side. They can be in a beautiful garden. They can be soaring through the stars. They can be, uh, and I see vivid colors and and music, unlike any kind of music you can hear here. Uh, But there's so many things to experience and do there. They get lost in the wonder of it all and the beauty of it all, and they don't even think about coming home. They're lost in the moment, okay? So they're not just not ready to come back in, okay? Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean they don't love you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hmm. So, but we can yeah. still talk to them, even if we don't have a medium to help us. Is that correct? We can still talk to our loved yeah. ones. Yeah, and they're going to hear you. Okay, but they will hear you when you talk to them. Even okay? if they're tiptoeing through the stars, the even if they're tiptoeing, they might get a little, you know, a little. They can hear that in the background, <laughs> like a little kid that's run outside and doesn't want to come in because they still want to play. They can hear Mama calling them, but they're still going to play. Oh, that is so sweet. That is so sweet. <laughs> I have one last question for you, and then we can kind of wrap up a little bit. No, but I've recently learned about. Uh, trance mediums um, yeah. and I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit about what that is and if you have ever had the situation where like a spirit has entered your body kind of thing well yes I've, I've heard of trance mediums and yes I've had that experience several times uh, and um, in a sense um, I do that when I look for missing people I'm going to their uh, oh. what was their body. Okay. Right, right. I go into that way. Uh, but when I'm doing readings, many times uh, I will feel them press up against me. I feel them press up against me anyway, but they will literally try to press up against your body and just slide right over into your uh, body. And it's really weird when they do that because when that happens, you can feel your separate consciousness and their separate consciousness, Mm -hmm. okay? I don't allow them to come in very much, not purposely, but they get in sometimes anyway, and I'll be doing a reading and I'll be slinging my arms around or gesturing or pacing or I'll be doing gestures that they used to do, okay? And when I find myself doing that, or maybe I'll, maybe when they die, okay, mm-hmm. if they were shot in the heart, I might grab my heart like that, you know, mm-hmm. like they did, okay, when they were hit. So when I'm doing a reading, I catch myself doing gestures that I don't normally do. I'll ask the client, did I say, did they do this? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, I think, oh, yeah, okay. Well, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, they got in a little bit. So, but I have not allowed full freedom to go in as much as I would like 
I would like to experience that, but yet I'm a little bit reluctant because I want to maintain full control of my own consciousness and body. Yes, okay? I can understand that. Mm-hmm. So, but that's very possible, and I've had it happen several times, and there are people who do that regularly, and uh, from what I understand, it really doesn't last long when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're allowed to come in. I'm just curious yeah. about so many things, and you are a wealth of information. So, what is there something I haven't asked you, or something that you're passionate about, or something that you're guided to say here at the end of the interview, Nancy? Oh, my goodness. I can briefly tell you about two readings I did for people, both recently. Yes. You wanted to let the audience know that that you really don't die uh, and that there is an afterlife. And these are uh, one short reading. A woman booked an appointment with me weeks in advance, maybe a month or two. I don't know, but it was far in advance. Came the day of a reading. I called her. She said, Nancy, he just died. And I said, what? She said, my father just died. He was in hospice, and I booked a reading with you when you first entered hospice. Hmm. And she said, he just passed, and she said, can you connect with him? And you know what, Sandra? It had only been four hours, and that man came back to reassure his daughter that there was life after death, and he came back and resume the conversation they were having right before he passed. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, there's one that that reassured her Mm -hmm. that he was not dead and still connecting with her. Another one, I sat down by a woman in a restaurant in uh, California, and uh, we began a conversation. And I said, are you here as a tourist? And she said, no, I just spread my daughter's ashes. Wow. And the daughter came in and started talking to me. And the mother explained that the daughter had gone into the hospital. She was 31 years old, gone into the hospital, had a routine operation, and died 10 minutes after she was put to sleep. Oh. And nobody could say what was wrong with her. And the poor mother had her autopsy five times, thinking, why did my beautiful, healthy daughter die? She just, this was just a routine surgery. And nobody knew. Well, her daughter came in and said, this is how I died, blah, blah, blah. And it was the machine in the hospital that told me it's faulty. So this day, to this day, there are now class action suits out in multiple states over that machine. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So just because the body does, the soul doesn't die. The soul is who you really are. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. There's the soul inside, the part that loves other people, the part that's kind, the part that's good, the part that wants to connect with that which is greater. Okay? So... That never dies. Okay? And you're not alone. No. Take that from a lady who had an angel save her life. Yeah. I didn't even believe them. Even if we don't hear them ourselves, we can trust that we're not alone. Correct? Yeah. I wasn't even practicing mediumship 
uh, or any of that when that angel came in. I had these, I'd read about them in books and everything like everybody else, but it was just something pretty to me. But when it happens to you, you know it's real Mm -hmm. and you're not alone. And boy, if one can save me, just this ordinary single woman in a huge city of six million people, they're sure listening out for everybody. That's great. Nancy, thank you so much. You're welcome. And let's, you are available for people if they'd like to get a medium or psychic reading. Is that correct? Sure. I, I know yeah. the answer to that. Your website is nancymarlow.com, which is N A N C Y M A R L O W E.com. And what else do I have to say about that? You are episode 105 of We Don't Die Radio.com. And yeah, just in closing, Nancy, thank you. I mean, you're just wonderful. I I was in a little bit of a slump (laughs) before we talked. And it really is interesting. Every time we bring the spirit in, it's I'm energized, I'm happy, I'm sharing what I love. And, and, um, and, you know, and earlier in the episode, this is for all of us listening right now. I said, you know, when you want to put somebody in a good mood, ask them about something they love in life. The same thing holds true for you. If you're not feeling so great, uh, start telling someone else a story about something you love. And you, all of a sudden it sneaks right up on you. You have a smile on your face. So, so really good. Really That's good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So thank you too to our listener for being here today. As a reminder, all past episodes are at wedontdieradio.com. And if you like these episodes, feel free to go to iTunes and leave a rating, leave a review, or if you listen on on YouTube, leave a, a message underneath for me. I check those out or share them on Facebook. You never know by a simple act of pressing the share button or tweeting or however you use social media, uh, who might see it. And there are uh, there are people that have not committed suicide because of this show. There's people that have healed a whole heck of a lot of grief. And as Nancy was saying earlier, somebody might be depressed and you don't know it. It's just, they, they seem fine to you. So you never know who you're dealing with and just by simply sharing something and if one of these episodes make a difference please feel free to share but you just have no idea whose life you're impacting so in closing i want to say this is sandra champlain i've been your host on we don't die radio Uh, in the words of nancy marlowe you are loved you matter and you make a difference in this world so i want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon (music) 